Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Tommy Pickles and the Rugrats. My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And we're kicking off today. We're kicking off a little mini-series while myself and Ed take a bit of a holiday because it's summer. Yeah, actual going away, actual holidays, actual aeroplanes and all that. We're kicking off a series, as I mentioned in the last episode, where we did a little sort of mini intro as well to this mini series where we spoke to Brian Dean, obviously, first episode, first Premier League goal scorer. That was only right. So thank you very much to Brian Dean for speaking to us on that. But we're kicking off today. So the premise was to this, the project, as I said in the previous episode, was 30 years of the Premier League people. And it's literally this weekend, actually, it celebrates the anniversary of the 30 years since the Premier League kicked off. But Sky Sports, of course, launched the Premier League with that famous Alive and Kicking advert. And those words are synonymous with this podcast because it, it spawned the book that I wrote that came into this podcast that 150 odd episodes later, we're still talking about 90s football, we're still playing Simple Minds and we're still loving it. And we get to love it even more this year because of the 30th anniversary. So my idea was to speak to every single person who was involved in that famous Sky Sports advert. And that said, like, disclaimer, we didn't get hold of all of them. It was a hard feat. Some of them just plainly refused. Some of them timings didn't work, but we got a good bulk of them. I'm not going to say that again as well, because you get the concept now over the next, basically through August, I'll probably drop a couple of week of these interviews that we've done of the uh, of the players involved in the Alive and Kicking advert. And we've chatted to them about the advert, about the 92-93 season, about the legacy uh, of the Premier League as well. So that's all involved. I was struggling to do to find out what order I should put these interviews in because there's no kind of hierarchy or preference to, to these players. And I was going to put it on the Twitter feed, but it only gives you four options. So I've got more, we've got more than four interviews to play. So it just seems to overcomplicate the issue. So I'm literally going from back to front on the on the picture. So if you know the picture, if you haven't seen it before, then go on my Twitter feed or go on the AK90s Twitter feed because at some point we would have posted it or there's a many plethora of nostalgia Twitter feeds that are use this picture as their cover photo because it's such an iconic photo. So if you look back from the back row, left to right, classic style in that photo, the first person you see in the far left-hand corner is the Sheffield Wednesday representative of the class of 1992-93. And that was Mr. David Hurst. Now there's been when I was speaking to some of these players and also when I've spoken to see some fans online, I think there's been an uh, a mix-up in who they thought was chosen for this advert. A lot of people thought it was all the captains from the Premier League era, from that first Premier League season. It wasn't. And we'll get to, when we speak to these guys, they'll explain why they were picked or if they knew or how they were picked for the for the advert as well. But no, it wasn't all the captains. Um, so David Hurst wasn't the captain of Sheffield Wednesday at the time, but he was their star striker, somebody who went on to play for England as well. So we get into all that chat as well, but mainly centred around the live and kicking advert, his memories of it as well. So let's get stuck into this first episode of Still Alive and Kicking. So number one, Sheffield Wednesday's David Hurst. Before we get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and Kicking, I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs 
all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italian 90. And because you listen to Alive and Kick In, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s, so AK90S and 10% off your order. Jobs are good at. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, keep it 90s. Cool. Well, let's take you back then, David. Um, 1992, I was just doing research, obviously, ahead of t- speaking to you. And I think looking when we go back to the summer of 1992, I think for David Hurst, you know, Sheffield Wednesday had just come third in the league. They'd won the League Cup the previous season. You'd scored like 18 goals in the top flight. Was that pretty much where you think back David Hurst was, was at his peak of his powers at that point? Yeah, I think so. I think that was uh, where I got... You know, Big Ron came in at the club in sort of, uh, what were it, 89, 90. Uh, obviously, we're getting to the, the League Cup. We got relegated that season. Uh, things weren't going over great for me. Uh, Ron put his trust in me and played me pretty much every game that I was fit. Uh, you know, and things, and things started to move forward. And like I said, we got relegated in the first season. But it seemed to make the club a, a better club. You know, we, we bounced straight back, uh, getting promotion and obviously beating Man U in the, in the League Cup as well. Uh, it sort of flourished from there, uh, getting, in, getting picked for England. Uh, later in, in, I think that was 93, I think it was, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say it was a, a, probably a... Yeah, probably the peak because, I, as, as probably most people know, I uh, I suffered a few injuries after that, so never really got back after around about ninety three, ninety four, uh, to that sort of standard. When we look back at that decade as well, I think people often sleep on Sheffield Wednesday because it happened so much, like right at the start of the decade. But I mean, how good was that team under Trevor Francis? That obviously, finished third, beat United in the cup final you know and you had players like yourself you know like the John Sheridans the John Harks eventually Chris Waddle and Mark Bryan yeah. how how good and was that team well we had i mean we had certain spells i mean it, it was a great team and that is the word team you know it weren't such you know weren't superstars it, it was an actual uh, a team full of good individuals collectively uh getting on together on and off the field and putting in good performances uh, throughout those that period, really. You know, like you say, you mentioned Chris Waddle. There was Viv Anderson came in, Sheridan, uh, Nielsen, uh, Woods. You know, we we were going out on a Saturday afternoon, and we were fielding a team of internationals. Yeah, which was uh, few and far between at, at that level of where we were. You know, yeah, you expect it from your your Arsenal's, your Man Uniteds, and things. Uh, but it weren't such a. It, I think it over, got overlooked a little bit that that Sheffield Wednesday were turning out a full team on a Saturday of eleven internationals starting at eleven. Yeah, and how good was Trevor Francis? Because obviously he's a manager that kind of into the next decade, we he, he kind of phased out from the lineup. <coughs> what 
what made him so good at sh- under that in that era? <laughs> be, careful, be careful what you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Trevor came in. Obviously, Trevor was about 65 when he joined us, <laughs> uh, but still one of the best players in the game. Yeah. You know, he. I think when he came in, he started a few games. He, he used to come on off the bench if we were struggling, if we needed a goal. And probably nine times out of ten, he would he would come up with either the goal or create the goal. You know, he was a phenomenal player. Uh, you know, I, I hate to think what it would have been like playing against him in his uh, in his heyday. Yeah, and as and as a manager, what 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 did he do for you? Yeah, probably <laughs> as an on pitch manager. What did he do for me? Uh, well, he stopped me going to Man United. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Trevor Trevor came in, uh, no disrespect to Trevor, but he took over a good side, uh, which Big Ron had built. You know, so Trevor came in pretty much, like I say, internationals in the in the team. We knew when we were having a good day, we knew when we were having a bad day. We could sort that out between us in the dressing room. Yeah, he was there with uh, alongside Richie Barker uh, to sort of, you know, keep, keep trimming it a little bit, you know, just keep us on his toes a little bit. Uh, don't let us get above, uh, beyond ourselves, and above ourselves. But we knew what we knew what the game was. Like I said, we're all all experienced players. Uh, so we, he, he sort of tinkered with it more than more than created it. That, let's talk about the May United thing because obviously you're, you've been long linked, and you, and I think I read somewhere that Fergie came in for you six times. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. How how much of that was down to Francis? And I mean, how close were you to to ever going to, to United? Uh, without it being actually signed on the paper, I was that close. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a strange one, really. You know, knowing that Man United were were willing to put an offer in for me. I mean, at the time, I think it was about four and a half million, which was the British transfer record at the time. Uh, to be told on the morning in the boot room by Trevor with a with a fax in his hand, the old the old <laughs> school, <laughs> yeah, the old school. Yeah, uh, showing me a fact saying you know Man United want to want to buy you, but I'm going to send one back saying you're not for sale. And that was pretty much the end of it, really, the start and the end. Uh, obviously, I uh, I asked the reasons why, and he said, you know, we've got a good good team here. I, I see you as a main focal part of that team, and I don't want to let you go. I want to build on this team now. If you wanted to build a team around me now, he'd need a lot of bricks, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much, I mean, there is a bit more in-depth into it, but, uh, you know, speaking to Manchester United themselves and, and knowing that this was going to happen, obviously we've got Viv Anderson at the football club yeah. uh, who knew Alex uh, very well. He used to pass on the little message to me of, one day he actually said, you know, the boss wants to sign you. I thought, well, I've just signed a three-year deal. I'm, I'm already here. And he said, no, the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took it that he meant Sir Alex, uh, which, like I say, it was a, a great part of my career. It was a great time, but it wasn't to be. Uh, I had a great time at Sheffield Wednesday, enjoyed my time. And, and the fact that a manager says, you know, he's not going to let you go for a British transfer record. There's a lot. Yeah. A club like Sheffield Wednesday that probably could have done with the money. Yeah. Certainly could do now, uh, but you know, and, and putting that that trust and faith in you, 
it's difficult to complain, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, yeah. Should I have gone to Manchester United? Probably so. Uh, have you ever spoken to... Fans? Life changes after that. Have you ever spoken to Alex about it? or, or No, never. Up from the previous, you know, the if you like that, that first call, really, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> That's why we're trying to keep away from that, to be fair. Now, I actually spoke to him before it happened, but like I said, back in the day then, I don't know if he can still get done for tapping players up. But uh, right now, yeah. <laughs> I think he should be okay now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I spoke to him and it was, yeah, he, he wanted to sign me. Uh, unfortunately for Manchester United and Manchester United fans, it didn't happen. They just happened to sign a kid called Eric Cantona instead. Yeah, he did all right, didn't he, I suppose? Yeah, well, I didn't think it went anywhere, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he helped him out a bit. He helped him out a bit. Um, before we talk about the advert, I wanted to quickly ask you a couple of things. Obviously, you mentioned England there. You did get your three caps for England and, and a goal against New Zealand. I mean, cliche, I know, but is that the pinnacle? Is that, you know, pulling on the shirt with the three Lions? How? What are your memories of just playing for England? Uh... I mean, I, I remember actually getting first selected. I, I played youth and, and 21s, England B. I think we played a... Well, I know we played a game at Walsall against Switzerland. Myself and Brian Dean played up front. Yeah. I think we beat them three. Uh, I got two. Brian got one. After the game, Graham Taylor in the dressing room said, uh, have you got anything planned for the summer? And I replied, no. And he said, good, because I'd like you to come on the Australasia tour. Uh, and that was, you know, when I go back and tell my parents that, that I'm going away with the first team, it's, yeah, of course, it's uh, probably the pinnacle of your career. Yeah, as any young kid would want to do is, I mean, I've, I've actually got, when I retired, a, a back page, I think it's the Yorkshire Post. And on that, it says, uh, I, I was a quote off me of, you know, I achieved everything I could in football, everything I wanted. You know, yeah. I played for my own town club. Uh, I moved over to Sheffield Wednesday, played in the top flight. I played in the League Cup final, FA Cup final, played for England, scored for England, scored in a cup final. It's so, well, yeah, good, you know, I'll beat three games for England, one goal, and one cup, FA Cup final, one goal. It, it's sort of, that's what you dreamt of as a kid. You know, when I was growing up in the playground or in the park, they were the places I wanted to be playing, you know, for England, for my country, uh, in the cup finals. And, and I achieved all that. So I, I, I can't really... Uh, the only thing I didn't achieve was the British transfer record. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're not bitter, though, David. <laughs> not to Trevor, no. no. Not to Trevor, no. <laughs> and you also, I remember a game you went in goal as well during your early days at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, I, it's always one of those things as fans we like to laugh at when we see an outfield player going goal. What, I mean, why why did they choose David Hurst? Why was Hursty going in goal? Well, it's a strange one, really. Uh, it was New Year's Day. I don't know if any of you've heard the story of uh, a few glasses of champagne that morning. Well, it was Big Ron put us in the hotel New Year's Eve, said everybody down for breakfast at seven o'clock. When we walked into breakfast, there was three or four round tables of ten. In the middle of each table was a bottle of champagne. Now, Big Ron's favourite was Laurent Perrier Pink, <laughs> which is also... Probably my favourite tipple outside of the pub. Yeah. Uh, and I probably had a couple of glasses too many. <laughs> no, we raised a toast to welcome in the new year. I necked mine and then I probably finished off a couple of other glasses around the table. So, yeah, we it was a 12 o'clock kickoff, 12.30 kickoff, I think it was, against Man City. We got to the game, game kicks off. I think I scored in the first half. 
Uh, we go into the get into half time at one nil up. Second half we come out and Kevin Pressman gets uh, gets injured. Did his crew shit. David Oldfield went in as strikers do with keepers and uh, did Kev's uh, cruciate ligaments. He had to come off at the time. No goalkeepers on the bench. Uh, I happened to be probably blown a little bit by this time, 60 minutes in. And and I see Carlton Palmer running over to the bench, talking to Big Ron about going in goal. And I thought, no, no, no. <laughs> 60 minutes. As the story goes, six bottles of champagne. It's not true, but never, never, like, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I went over and said to the gaffer, "Look, gaffer, I'll go in goal. Carlton, you know, we need him in the middle of the park. I'll go in goal." So I got Kevin's uh, jersey and went in goal. Nigel Pearson scored in the second half, and I carried on and kept a clean sheet. So again, Perfect. another one ticked off the uh, bucket. <laughs> Perfect record. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Let's talk about the advert then. I mean, I, the question I've been kind of asking most of the guys as well has been, do you remember when you first heard about it? What, you know, how you were chosen? Because there was one from each team of the first Premier League season. Do you remember the process of that? Was it just you were told or how, what do you remember firstly? Uh, <laughs> it's that far away. Uh, not a great deal. I think it was just a matter of told that you were doing the sky. I mean, at, the, at that point, I was probably figurehead of the team, you know, scoring goals. Uh, and it's sort of, you know, I need to be down in London and uh, and, and shoot the video for, for this new project that will never catch on. <laughs> Billy Owens. I watched the advert again this morning. I've watched it about a billion times, to be honest, so I kind of know it verbatim. But you were actually quite prominent throughout the advert, which is, I don't know, on the day how that worked out. Um, and what stands out for me is firstly you're wearing a massive gold earring, which was yeah, yeah, which was what was a sign of the times. Was that was that a fashion choice for you at the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I to be fair, I had my ear pierced when I was about nine years of age, so oh, okay, I wore it for a long time. Uh, I don't wear it now; it's probably not the right look for me now. <laughs> although, um, although my boy does, uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it was one of those things that. As a kid, I mean, I was grown up in Barnsley, uh, mining village. It, it's all what you did. It, it, yeah. <laughs> get the ear pierced, you know. I don't know whether it made me look harder on the pitch or not. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> You're also in the showers as well. I mean, do you remember that? I mean, obviously at the time, footballs were quite used to being in the big bath, I imagine, but with the cameras on them, there's a whole row of you in the shower. Do you remember? Yeah, the, yeah. Shooting that? And what was that like? Well, like, it was strange because obviously we were told we were doing a shower scene. Now... It was it was it was one of those situations of you know what, what do you mean you know when we got in there there was a, just a row of shower heads that were that were linked up to a, I think it was a fire engine outside yeah so they they used the fire engine to put the water in and and, it, and to be fair I thought it looked quite a good shower scene as, <laughs> as it as it would have as good as anything anyway Not unbeknown to everybody else what's happening around the back of the screens and everything of it's a fire engine not actually in a building with a shower. Was it cold? With cold water, yeah, cold yeah. Water, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think the uh, I don't think the firemen uh, are that interested when they put hot water on the fires. Yeah, these exactly. Days. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they tried to heat it up for you, but clearly, clearly, you no didn't get that in, in and That's why none of us. That's why we all kept his shorts on. Then there were no embarrassing moments. Yeah, there's also a moment with you and Cole Bradshaw where you seem to have swapped shirts, and you're wearing sacrilegiously, I guess. The, the Sheffield United shirt. Would you pushed into that? Was that something that probably didn't go down too well with the owls? 
to be fair, it, uh, the fact that Carl actually played for Wednesday mm. prior to going to you know a few other clubs and then ended up at Sheffield United, uh, it wasn't a problem to me because I'd actually done it before that with uh, Brian Dean on a, I think it was a, a, a something like a Ladbrokes or a William Hill oh, okay. yeah. promotion thing. And, and we did pretty much that piece of, you know, taking the shirt off and looking at each other and saying, why have I got this on? So, yeah, it, it wasn't something I was I was forced into. It was a, it was an idea. I was told I was going to do this advert. I suppose you do what they tell you to do in the advert. Uh, so, yeah, I know it weren't, weren't a problem to me. I mean, yeah, probably the fans probably took it a little bit worse than that. But I've never really had any stick about it, so probably not everybody else. Are, in fairness, you are David Hurst, so I think with Sheffield Wesley fans, you're allowed a, a bit of space on that one. Your acting chops are pretty good, though, David, I have to admit. Your acting chops in the advert are pretty good. Well, you know, you try, but it never <laughs> came to anything. Gosh, you know what I mean? It's still sat here waiting for my uh, agent to book me a film or something like that now. <laughs> you remember much about the, the banter on the day? Because I've spoke to others, and it's obviously Vinnie Jones was there, and he was one of the loudest and sort of dictating on the day. What, what do you have any memories of the guy, the other guys that were there? Well, I mean, I knew all the lads, you know, it was one of them. It was, it was a get together. Uh, yeah. I mean, Vinny, Vinny does what Vinny does. You know, he, uh, if there was a microphone, it'd be Vin, in Vinny's hand and, and, he'd, and he'd run the day and, and he worked far away from that without the microwave microphone. So, yeah, no, I, it, it was all good. You know, we, we were playing each other week in, week out. So little bits of banter about the games, but predominantly it was a matter of getting in there. I mean, <laughs> without seeming too rude on this, but we were told to do this advert and it was sort of get in, get out. Yeah, yeah. I have heard you some, know, some players, you were there the night before and had a bit of a having a few drinks or two. Were you there the night before or did you just do that? To be fair, off the top of my head, I was half thinking that. I, I don't think I did. I think I went down in the day and back in yeah. the night. So I didn't get a chance. I, I, bear in mind, I was the northern boy down south. It's yeah. not my cup of tea too much. <laughs> the prices wouldn't be, I tell you that. Don't exactly. You? Yeah, that cool. <laughs> did you get any stick from, from the, your teammates at Wednesday when the advert came out? Was there any sort of, you know, ha-has and banter as, around when they, once they saw the finished product? No, I don't think so because you know it was it was one of those things we we were all signed up to it really. I, I was the one chosen to do it. Uh, obviously, with the rest of the other lads, obviously the big there was the big uh, what they call it billboard picture. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the which, picture, which, yeah. Uh, where I'm from in in Cudworth in Barnsley, uh, the, near the railway bridge, there's a big billboard there where it was put up. Oh, okay. And one day, my mum and dad were driving back home from somewhere and got in the house and said, have you seen the billboard? And I said, no, why? What's up? I said, oh, it's the Sky one with all the players on in the team colours and everything. And somebody's climbed up there and scratched all your face out. <laughs> I was in my old town. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know whether people didn't get on with it, to be honest. Oh, okay. Is that because it wasn't Barley Barnes? You weren't even part of it at that point. That's, uh, no, that's... exactly. I think it was David Hurst who left Barnsley and... yeah. I don't know. Or I'd upset someone. You'd upset someone, you know. Maybe it was an old girlfriend, David. I didn't want to go there, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a well, it, the picture is kind of the centrepiece of the book, so I'm glad you mentioned that. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. A, a famous picture and stuff with all the guys in the kits and stuff. Going look ahead, I'm looking at that season as well. I mean, it was a, for Sheffield Wednesday, the night of the first season of the Premier League, it's more from a, a cup, obviously, perspective where you reached both finals as you mentioned you scored 
in the FA Cup final as well. I mean, was that a bit of a mix of emotions to play and score in a cup final, but then to obviously lose both and, lo- and, uh, and separately? I mean, how was that kind of really mixed emotions for you? Yeah, very much so. I mean, like I said, we'd, we'd done well, worked hard to get to two cup finals, uh, albeit against Arsenal, both of them. Uh, who we'd never really done well against. We've had, a, I mean, I've had a couple of seven ones and seven nils against yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, so it weren't something that you really relish. But we were a good team at the time, so we were going in there slightly confident of of at least winning one of the trophies. Yeah. Which which one it would be, we, we didn't really care or or know. Uh, I felt sorry more for the fans. Yeah, you know, it was an expensive month or so. That, three, three you know, Wembley, think, yeah. <laughs> and and we obviously we got another trip with the Sheffield United game at Wembley. Yeah, they, yeah. they had the four, but it four 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 games down there. You know, which as we know, it's not cheap to go to football games even then. Uh, you know, certainly down to Wembley, overnight stays and everything. So yeah, it was it, it, it was probably a little bit difficult. That's probably the only time I've cried on a football field oh. actually. You know, I think it was in the in the last game where you've come away with absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, as a footballer, I mean, runners up medals. Yeah. No, not for me. Uh, okay, second place in the league, getting promotion. Yeah, you've won something. Yeah. Mm. You know, coming through the playoffs and getting promotion, you've won something. You get a, a runners up medal on cup final day, and you've just lost. <laughs> Totally, yeah. you know, the, the the badge doesn't really uh, stand out for me. So yeah, if it's not a winner's winner's medal, then so yeah, that, it was it was certainly upsetting on the day. But hey, you get on with it. Game moves on, and uh, you try again for the next ten years. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Yeah. I always, you know, you always seem to ask the winners. You know, what was the last? You know, the celebrations like what's the after party when you lose two cup finals? I mean. Is it for when it's over? Is it much get out there? Don't want to be part of this, and like you say, just move on to the next season. It must be. Quite- uh, I think we did have a couple of parties after the games. Uh, I probably remember less of those than I would if we'd have won. Mm. So you, I don't know whether it's a matter of you drowning in your sorrows or or whatever, but but yeah, people, you know, we you've got family and friends there. You know, it's it's it was a day out as well. Yeah. Uh, we'd we'd done great to achieve what we'd achieved, getting there. Unfortunately, we just couldn't cross the line, and and you get over that probably after a few crates. <laughs> yeah, you talked about tick boxing earlier. I mean, the other thing you did, you played in Europe as well that season. Was that something that you would add to your list as well? That playing in the UEFA. You just did to throw my day. <laughs> no, you played in the UEFA. <laughs> oh, you mean the game? You mean the game in Europe that I got yeah. sent off in? <laughs> yeah, but you played yeah. in Europe and scored in Europe. I scored in Europe, and I also got a red card in Europe. Even better. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, there's a fortunate side to that as well. You know, getting sent off, uh, give me a three-match ban. We got knocked out of the competition. The following season, we were entered into the Intertoto Cup. I think it was called then. That classic. Uh, where I received a, a phone call during the summer holiday of you need to be in for training on Monday. Uh, we've got an Intertoto Cup game. Uh, we'll see you half past 10 on Monday morning. To which I replied to the secretary, you need to check everything <laughs> because uh, I've, got a, I've got another two games left of my European ban. So I couldn't play. So I ended up having an extended holiday where the lads had to go in and train. 
Yeah, I don't think many players remember the Intertoto Cup pretty fondly, <laughs> to be honest. I only remember it for that reason. I got a longer You got out of it, yeah. It was, <laughs> a, it was an early start. Um, one name I wanted to ask you before we start to wrap up, and you mentioned him earlier, I mean, Chris Waddle, especially in that cap run, was, was vintage. What was he like to play with, even in, I wouldn't say his golden years, but obviously towards the end of his career, what, what was like, what was Waddle like to play with <laughs> as a striker as well? well? I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm good pals with Chris. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'll probably be meeting him this afternoon to watch a bit of Cheltenham. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, Chris, uh, I mean, we all know what a player he was. You know, I've been fortunate enough over the last probably 20, uh, 20 years or so to, to sit down uh, and have a beer with him on a regular basis uh, and pick his brains about his, his upcoming through Newcastle. He's mm. uh, moving to Tottenham, he's moving to Marseille. Knowing full well, having been to Marseille, how he's uh, regarded over there, uh, and rightly so, he's one of the best British talents we've, we've ever produced. Uh, a great football. I mean, good understanding with players, you know, and... and and a good lad all around, to be fair. You know, he's people think he comes across pretty harsh when he does his commentary, mm. but he's he's honest, and, that, yeah, and that's I, what he does, yeah, and that's I what always, I like about that. Yeah, I always find him on the money, actually. I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's and that's the way he talks when he's out. You know, if we're having a pint, like I said this afternoon, probably watching racing. Uh, and <laughs> neither of us are gamblers, by the way. <laughs> and it's just, it's just an excuse to get out for a pint, I think. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. Uh, but, but yeah, no, he, he was great to play with. He created a number of my goals. Uh, you know, and, and to be fair, I mean, at the period when he came in, I, I probably started picking up my injuries. Yeah. Uh, but what a, what a place to go, Willsborough, if you're injured and you've got Chris Waddle to watch. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, at least it made it entertaining. He was what, what a player. Uh, you mentioned the injuries there, and as you know, as we start to look sort of towards the end of the decade, you got a lot of injuries. You left Sheffield Wednesday and went to Southampton. At that time, was it about a, a fresh start because you'd suffered so much in that kind of mid nineties period with injuries? You feel like you needed to go somewhere else to maybe a fresh start. And I mean, obviously, it never really worked out Southampton for you. But was that the the, the, the idea behind the move? Uh, not really. No, it was it was a situation that, that just came about. Really. Uh... David Pleat was manager at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, whether we saw eye to eye at that time, mm. you know, of, of me getting in the team or not being in the team or whatever it may be, uh, I'm not sure. I think I think one day I said to him that, you know, I'll be here longer than you, which proved a big mistake, to be right. fair. <laughs> I think it was three weeks later. I was on uh, in my car driving down to the south and signing for Southampton. So yeah, it was it was what came up. Uh, Carlton Palmer was at Southampton at the time. He rang me up and said, "Dave Jones, you know, fancied you'd come down. Would you would you be up for it?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd certainly be interested in the in the situation. Get him to speak to the club and see what they want, what they want to do, yeah. uh, and we'll take it from there." And then, as I've always been, whether it's in football, in business, or whatever, you know, if if you're not wanted somewhere, then you move on. And when Sheffield Wednesday said, you know, they accept the bid, I think it was about £2 million, uh, it's so well, if they've accepted it, then what's the point me standing in the way of it? Yeah. You know, they, they've accepted it, they want you out the door. So uh, whether it was through Mr. Pleat or whether it was the chairman or whatever, I have, I have no problem with that. You know, and, and like I said, I know the, what, the probably f- five seasons prior, I probably didn't 
didn't notch up 40, go- 40 games or something like that. Yeah. No, through injury. So Sheffield Wednesday stuck by me when I needed them to. Uh, I like to think I stuck by them when I could. Uh, and, and it came to a gradual end, you know, and, and it was unfortunate. Yeah, I would have loved to have played out my career at Sheffield Wednesday, but uh, to go down the South Coast, I had a good first season then. <coughs> Excuse me. And then injury struck again. So, and, and that's when it all finished, really. Final sort of point I wanted to ask you as well. <coughs> I mean, I've asked all these guys is obviously, I always think the 90s is kind of the decade that changed football. If you look at it from 90 to 99, what, what for you, what started the change? When did you notice the change? What was the catalyst for you that, because especially if someone like, because you pretty much retired literally the end of the decade. So, how do you see the change from sort of 90 to 99? Uh, I th- <laughs> to be honest, I think I don't think there was a great deal of change up to '99. I think the change has come after that. Okay. I think I think when we get a, I think the game was played well, uh, hard. You know, it was back in the day when you used to be able to make tattles. Uh, yeah, so it was. You know, you didn't get free kicks for falling down, and we started bringing in, like I said, later on, was the technical uh, technology coming in. Yeah. <coughs> which I don't think has overhelped the game. Mm. Uh, it, I think it's took the excitement away a little bit. I'm with you. Uh, and when I when I finished in in 2000, I got asked a lot, many times, you know, do you miss the game? And it was like, well, <coughs> well, not really, because it's not the game I played. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Or 13 or whatever years it was, yeah. you know, where... I used to get up on a Sunday morning and I knew I'd played against two two centre-halves because mm. the back of my legs were black and blue. That doesn't happen these days. Yeah. Yeah. You might get one or two tackles, but no, I don't I think the, I don't think the game was a massive... Obviously, Sky coming in changed a lot of things in the game, yeah. but not so much the game. The game itself, that's interesting. Problem. Well, enjoy, enjoy watching Cheltenham. <laughs> I don't get rid of this cough, mate. Yeah, get rid of that first and uh, say hello to Chris Waddle. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. No problem, Paul. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers. David. See you. Cheers, mate.